0: And welcome to Bags and Boards. Coming up on tonight's show, I talk about the commands and color system from a bunch of different companies and designer Richard Borg. I run through the whole line of commands and colors war games, simple war games that anybody can play if you're interested in any of the wars involved in these games. Plus, we've got news, new releases, games on Kickstarter, and much more. What have I been playing lately? What have I gotten in the mail? Find out tonight on Bags and Boards. And welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Lance McFarland, flying solo today. D. Clark is not with me today, but we've got a fun show planned for you today. If you don't know, Bags and Boards is a weekly board game review and discussion show here on KXTR 100.7, the Planet for everybody listening here in Stephenville on 100.7. Welcome to the show, or if you're listening online at KXTR.com, also where at Bags and we are at SoundCloud.com/slash Bags and Boards. Over on SoundCloud, you can find our RSS feed, add us to your podcast catcher, or listen to the episodes right there on SoundCloud. We've got all of our past episodes, past reviews, past interviews, all of our audio up over there at soundcloud.com slash boards. We're on Twitter at bagsandboardstx at facebook.com slash bagsandboards and bagsandboardstx at gmail.com. We'll be right back after this with the news. But before we get to the news and the break, I wanted to let everybody know that Bags and Boards is brought to you by Game & Movie Traders. Game & Movie Traders does buy, sell, and trade with both used and new video games for any console, DVDs and Blu-rays, and comic books. They also feature a selection of board and card games, including Magic the Gathering and other collectible card games. They're located at 2900 West Washington Street, Suite 60, right next door to the Movie Theater here in Stephenville. They can be reached at 965-GAME or online at Facebook.com slash Game and Movie Traders Sville. We'll be right back after this with the board game news. Hey, this is your DJ, Casino. Join me every Saturday night at 10 p.m. for Future Sound, my weekly mix show featuring the freshest trap, bass, and EDM from across the globe. Right here on 100.7 FM, The Planet, Stephenville's rock and rap alternative. Blue-Eyed Buffalo would like to welcome back TSU students to Stephenville with memory foam pillows and bamboo sheet sets to ensure a full night's rest for the busy student. The Blue-Eyed Buffalo at 150 College Street and the Blue-Eyed Buffalo 2 at 970 Lingleville Highway have been furnishing dorms, homes, and apartments for years. More information can be found by searching Blue-Eyed Buffalo on Facebook. The Blue-Eyed Buffalo, furniture Texas style. And welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm Lance from Farland. Like I said, I'm flying solo today. No D. Clark with me today, but that's okay because I am talking about Commands and Colors. Commands and Colors. Uh, it's it's an interesting thing. It is a game system. It's a war game system, but it's a very introductory war game system that can. From game to game, can escalate or decline in complexity. There's everything from Memoir 44, which is really simple, up to things like Samurai Battles, which add a lot more complexity. I love heavy, heavy games, I love heavy war games. But Commands and Colors just does it for me. I've had more fun playing Commands and Colors than almost any other game with my old co host, Lair. We have a ton of fun playing Commands and Colors. I've played most of the games, but I just want to run down everybody the Commands and Colors line so you can make the decision if you want to try it out or not and which game you're interested in trying. Maybe based on the complexity, maybe based on what's in the game, or maybe just based on a war you have more interest in than another. So we'll talk about that later in the show, but before we do that, it is time for the news. So the First thing is just an interesting little thing. NASA released a statement relating an asteroid to the dice used while playing Dungeons and Dragons. And if you look at the asteroid, it's kind of uh, shadowy at the bottom. But if you can make out the bottom part of it, it does sort of look like, say, uh, a D10 or a D12. And there are uh, little, I think they said there are boulders on the asteroid. So... it it almost does look like the pips on a die also. Pretty interesting. Go check out those pictures if that sounds cool to you. Bézier Games announces a social deduction word game set in the Ultimate Werewolf universe called Werewords being released in June. I've got uh, One Night Ultimate Werewolf at home. i played it a few times. It's kind of fun it's not my favorite style of game social deduction games are games I like okay but they're not my favorites Um, but I do like word games so I'm interested to see the reviews on this one to see if it's something I would be interested in myself Haba Games has announced an expansion to Adventureland called King and Princess that adds three new adventures. This isn't a game I've played, but it's definitely a game I would like to try out. It's by Kramer and Kiesling, one of my favorite design duels. I love a lot of their games, and them doing a game at Haba, uh, you know, this is this is Haba a couple of years ago doing an experiment to get into the family weight game market rather than just the children's game market that they've always been in and it must have done pretty well. Adventureland got really solid reviews and now getting an expansion called King and Princess. So everybody, WizKids has released the second set of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Dice Masters called Heroes and a Half Shell. This new set is another standalone with no booster packs. Um, the first Ninja Turtles set was their first test into that market um not doing booster packs just doing a set that was one and done everything comes in the box the first set i got uh, i haven't played dice masters in quite a while but i definitely have a lot and i'm excited to play it with my son when he gets a little older and i think the ninja turtles one is going to be the best introduction to that it's the most kid friendly in both theme and in the mechanics in the game and uh the first one for me as a player of Dice Masters, not a hardcore player, but a player nonetheless of Dice Masters, was uh, not my favorite Dice Masters. There was just some things about it that just felt too light and there weren't enough characters in the game to really do anything with. But now with eight more characters added into um Ninja Turtles Dice Masters along with more basic actions it finally seems like this could be something to open it up I haven't bought any Dice Masters in a long time and don't really plan to unless they just do something really awesome like indie comic books or G.I. Joe but as long as it just keeps being um DC and Marvel I'm I'm not really interested anymore but I think I am going to grab this one just to add it to the old Ninja Turtles set because I think it will be really good to play with my son with this set in particular um I'm a big fan with Dice Masters of playing a set by itself. I just, I like to see how a set plays within itself. Some sets are really great for that. Some sets seem like they're meant to be played with other sets. Um, but I'm ex- I'm excited to see how the two Ninja Turtles sets play with each other, uh, just like the two D&D sets played really well with each other also. So it comes with eight new characters, new basic actions, and, you know, all the other stuff you need to play. Um, the Ninja Turtles versions, if you're interested, Dice Masters is a really fun game, good for families, good for kids. It was the first one that really kind of... Um, pushed forward the uh, four-player game rather than just the one-versus-one. Uh, they had enough stuff in there for four players to play, so it, um, it, it seemed like it'd be good for four players. So check it out if you're interested. Also in the Dice Masters uh, realm, WizKids have also announced a new Marvel Dice Masters team pack called Maximum Carnage. This is another uh, test they did of a certain product that is a much smaller thing. There's also no boosters with this. This is just like almost like an expansion, a uh, small expansion for Dice Masters. Uh, it's called Maximum Carnage. It's going to include 24 cards and 16 dice. That will include Venom. I think this is the first instance, and uh, maybe not the first instance of Venom, but uh, it's definitely going to have a new version of him and new versions of Spider-Man as well. Arcane Wonders have announced an expansion for Oni Tama called Sensei's Path. That will include 16 new cards for the game. Onitama. Um, I've never been a big fan of abstract games, and out of the ones I played, Onitama is honestly probably my favorite that I've ever played. Like I said, I haven't played a lot, but it is it is probably the best one I played, and the one I've had the most fun with. And more cards for this game is is great. Um, you know, expansions kind of do one of two things: they're either going to add new mechanics to the game, or they're going to add more of the stuff that's already in the game. Um, I think this one just adding more stuff that's already there is probably the best idea for this one just because the game I don't think would really open itself up to new mechanics being added. Uh, So I'm definitely excited for this one. New cards for this one. It's It's an abstract game where you have Two cards in your hand and one card out on the table. So when I play a card, it now becomes a one out on the table, and I draw the card that was out on the table before that. So we're constantly, me and the opponent are constantly switching cards with each other. So I'm at the same time I'm trying to do the best move I can do to get to their master and uh, get him. We only have five pieces a piece. Um, I'm trying to also make sure that I don't give them a card that's going to allow them to do that to me. And the cards are pretty cool. They give you, um, they have one square that's a certain color. That means that that's where you're at and you can play it on for any piece. And that piece can move to the other squares that are uh, kind of a different color and let you know where to go on the board. So, it's a really, really fun game, and an expansion is uh, is awesome. Sensei's Path for Onitama coming out from Arcane Wonders. It didn't say when, but it'll be coming out this year, I imagine. The producers of Rory's Story Cubes, uh, the company's called the Creativity Hub, have hired Patrick Nickel, the former owner of the now, uh, I guess, closed-down Crash Games, and Michael Fox of the Little Metal Dog Show Podcast, which is a board game podcast, to oversee board game development. With two games debuting at Essen this year, This is pretty interesting on a few levels. The first is that, sorry for all the racket. The first is that um, I'm a big, big fan of Rory's Story Cubes. My wife is a kindergarten teacher, and I've got her Rory's Story Cubes a while back. What it is, is it's just like, it's just, uh, each set is just a set of dice. And with those dice, you roll them, they have images on them, and you're just supposed to use them as starters for telling stories. They're just good little little uh, utility to use for kids for storytelling and make believe and helping uh, creativity essentially they've got all kinds of different sets of Roy story cubes my wife really likes them she's definitely going to use them in her classroom Um, and they haven't done any games and now they're going to finally do some games the other part that's interesting about this if you go to Crash Games and Patrick Nichols' most recent Kickstarter, there's a video where Patrick Nichols goes very in-depth about some stuff that went on with him. So It's uh, pretty crazy. I won't try to relate it here, but you can go check it out. And in that video, he pretty much said that he was not going to work in the board game industry anymore. At least that's what I took from it. Maybe that's not what he meant, but here we go. I knew that he definitely meant Crash Games was done, but uh, it seems like he found a, a Good another job of something he knows how to do. He ran a fairly successful company for a while. Something happened that uh, kind of hurt that. But now he's working in the board game industry again. He seems like a pretty cool guy. I've met him. I... uh he taught me how to play Pater, which was a game I was really excited about. Taught me at BGGCon a few years ago. Really nice guy. Says he used to work in radio too, which we kind of hit it off about that. But anyway, Patrick Nichol and this other guy taking care of board game development over at the Creativity Hub, the, uh, des- the uh, company that releases Rory Story Cubes. And Rory Story Cubes, you can find in Walmart. Check them out next time you're at Walmart on the board game aisle. Super interesting. If you've got a kiddo at home. Grab a pack of Rory Story Cubes. They're not that expensive, and um, they're just a really, really fun thing to be creative with your kiddos and um, just to be able to, you know, have something that'll help you get started telling a story with your kiddos. So— The next bit of news after that is that Lookout Games, this is exciting, Lookout Games and Uwe Rosenberg, my man, will be releasing a small two-player version of Caverna called Caverna Cave Against Cave in the second quarter of this year. So coming up pretty soon, actually. We're almost done with the first quarter. Um, It's going to be similar to, say, Agricola All Creatures Big and Small and Lahav Inland Port, where they take this big, big Euro game and they pare it down into a smaller two-player game. Uh, I've never played any of the two four mentioned games, uh, the two-player versions of Agricola and Lahav, but apparently they're very, very good games, especially all creatures, big and small. I like Caverna. Out of all of uh, Uwe's games like that, Agricola is my favorite, uh, but Caverna is a fun game. It's a little, it's a uh, there's a little too many options and parts of it are a little easier than I would like. But, you know, if I want that certain feeling, you've got Agricola. I I guess I don't need each of them to be the exact same. So I like that it's different, but I don't quite like it as much as Agricola. But a fun game, nonetheless. A big, big game that plays up to seven players, which I would absolutely never do. I don't think that would be fun at all, but it does play one to seven players. But uh, a small version of that game for two players. Always fun. Anybody who listens to the show knows that I play almost, almost exclusively two player games with either my wife or my co-host or uh, the uh, old person who hosted the show with me, Larry. We play a lot of two player games as well. So any game that's meant exactly for two players, I'm a big fan of and am really excited to try this out. Always a fan of Uwe Rosenberg and two player games. So count me in on that one. A tournament series called Unrivaled will include tournaments for a number of games. Uh, It's going to start with local tournaments going all the way to the finals in Las Vegas with winners being crowned the national grand champion and receiving $10,000. The game's being played. Some uh, games I know and some I actually uh, hadn't quite heard of. Uh, So Munchkin, they're going to be doing a, uh, a tournament for Munchkin. Ascension, which is a deck building game. Epic Spell Wars. Nevermore and Villagers and Villains. Go to Unrivaled.com for more information. This struck me as kind of interesting because, you know, say, Ascension and Munch can make a lot of sense as far as something a world tournament with a big prize like that go. Epic Spell Wars kind of does. I think it's more popular than I might know. But then you've got Nevermore, which I have heard of, but, you know, you don't hear a ton about it. And then Villagers and Villains. It just seems... It seems like a big tournament and a big prize for a game that uh, doesn't seem to have a ton going on for it. But maybe there's something going on with it that I don't know about. But anyway, those games are going to have a big tournament with the finals in Vegas, big prizes. So check that out at Unrivaled.com. So there's also a tournament uh, to find the best Magic the Gathering card. This is kind of crazy. I don't. I played a good bit of Magic: The Gathering in my life. My wife and I have a couple of starter decks at home that we might pull out here and there. I guess if we ever felt compelled. Not a big fan of building up my own decks of anything. I like to, sp- I personally like to spend my time playing games, not preparing to play games. That's just me. A lot of people love that, of course. I mean, Magic is probably the biggest, biggest game there is, right? Uh, it's a th- almost a thing responsible for keeping board game shops open, but. Uh, this is kind of cool. I, I, I don't think I would be a part of this because I don't know enough about it. But there's a tournament to find the best Magic the Gathering card. Uh, 41 cards got first round buys. And that's made for a single, elim, uh, a, sorry, a single elimination tournament with 16,343 cards. There's going to be 32 matchups each day. And they're currently right past match 100. I think around 106, 108, something like that. And this is going to take about two years to complete. So a big tournament. It's going to take a long time. So you can vote every once in a while. You can not vote and just watch it. Uh, Or if you don't care, I guess don't pay attention. Or you can go vote every day. I'm sure there's going to be people that vote every single day. And if you're passionate about magic, why not? If you're passionate about certain cards that maybe other people aren't and you want to see see it go forward... I mean, get some people behind you to get that card voted as best. I don't know what's going to happen to the card that's voted as best. Maybe Wizards of the Coast will get behind this tournament uh, somehow and do like some special uh, printing or special promo version with new art or something, which would be cool. I mean, this is just all conjecture here, but, uh, you know, Wizards of the Coast getting behind something like this here and, you know, say 18 months when the tournament is a few months away from ending would be pretty cool. But uh, if you're interested, head over to mtgbracket.tumblr.com. That's mtgbracket.tumblr.com to vote. Okay, AEG has announced a new version of Love Letter based on HP Lovecraft's universe called Lovecraft Letter. So, good name. It, it's uh, it's interesting that this hadn't been thought of before. It's... Uh, you know, I always think it's interesting. Like Love Letters had so many versions printed. I mean, from Adventure Time to Archer to The Hobbit, all kinds of different versions printed of Love Letter. Which I say, go for it. I don't have any sort of problem with uh, all the different versions of Love Letter. Just because if Love Letter's such a good game to get people into playing games. I mean, you've got things like you know Catan and things like that. But as far as just something people can just feel like they can manage when they're first learning to play games. It's really good for that. I mean, even my boss and his family play Love Letter. I got them a, the Christmas version of Love Letter for Christmas a couple of years ago, and they play it and love it. I mean, it's a game anyone can get into. And then if that strikes you and you're more interested in playing games, you can then go on to the next thing and the next thing. But why not have, you know, if Love Letter sitting on the shelf and I go, huh, Love Letter, that's interesting, and pass it up. But if Batman love letters on the shelf, I might go, oh, Batman, and that might compel me to get it. Or if I love The Hobbit or Archer Adventure Time, you know, anything that could compel me to pick this up if I wasn't a gamer or was thinking about playing games and then maybe get into games is pretty cool, I think. I don't have any problem with it. This one I don't have any problem with either, but I am kind of interested in the fact that there was another game a while back that did this too. Um, Cthulhu is such a popular thing to do games with. I mean, I've read almost, I think, every single H.P. Lovecraft short story. I'm not a big horror fan, but I'm a big fan of his turn-of-the-century horror, a few different universes. He definitely wrote about other things more than Cthulhu, um, which is what interests me. I mean, Cthulhu is such a hot property. It's always interesting when they don't call something Cthulhu, not love letter Cthulhu, because that's a name that can make people go, oh, Cthulhu. Lovecraft The the word Lovecraft or the name Lovecraft doesn't quite hold as much, uh, I guess, retail weight as Cthulhu does. So it's always, uh, I always find it kind of fascinating when they go the Lovecraft route with the name. And does that mean that we're going to see stuff from, say, the Dunwich Horror or like the Rats in the Walls or any of the H.P. Lovecraft stories? Does that open it all up or is it just going to be a Cthulhu game called Lovecraft Letter? I don't know. Maybe they went with Lovecraft Letter just because of the clear... Love Letter, Lovecraft Letter. Maybe that's the reason. Um, I don't know. Pretty interesting. I uh, I I love H.P. Lovecraft a lot. I don't think I would get this just because I'm I'm, I I personally feel past Love Letter. Not saying that any game's too simple to enjoy, but I just I'm wanting to play. You know, not all meaty games are meatier than Love Letter, but. This wouldn't be a bad version to just sit down and try, at least, as much as I love H.P. Lovecraft. So, anyway, that's coming out at some point, Lovecraft Letter from AEG. Last bit of news, guys, is that Capstone Games and Quinted Games, I believe is how you pronounce it, have partnered together for Capstone to release all of Quinted's titles In North America. These will include Carson City Big Box, American Rails, La Cosa Nostra, and more, including all future games. Capstone Games has been releasing a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of uh, uh, U.S. versions or American English language versions of uh, German titles and titles from other countries, which is awesome. It's an awesome service because, I mean, to import games like this is really expensive. So when companies in the U.S., Go out and get these printed and you can get them for a reasonable price and they're not difficult to get. It's always really cool. So the fact that they're making big partnerships, I mean, with companies like Capstone and uh, there's one more that I'm uh, that it's right on the tip of my tongue, but and also like Stronghold does tons of these partnerships and I mean, releases great Euro games all the time. With companies like this doing this, it's just like easier and easier to play really awesome um, Euro games that w- would have been hard to get in the past. I got to say also, um, there's a game I really liked when I played it. I've played it once only called uh, Lignum. And Lignum is going to be released by a company in the United States. Uh, if you hear me if you hear me typing, I'm trying to find what company is releasing Lignum, but uh, they're going to be releasing releasing it in the United States, and it's just like, I would have never expected the game Lignum to be released in the U.S. by any company, but it's going to be. So, I mean, uh, it, it's, just, it's just cool. Oh, it's also Capstone Games releasing Lignum, so that's coming out. Capstone clearly doing an awesome job. They, uh, they're the ones that also released, I believe, um, the Cole trilogy, and they are maybe the ones that did Arkwright. They've been doing a lot of games here in the U.S. Let's check it out and see. They did, yeah, Arkwright, Hashable Connect. They've got this big partnership with, um, with Quinted Games, and also doing the U.S. print of Lignum Capstone Games. If you're a fan of heavy euros, they are a company to keep an eye on. They're clearly passionate about bringing good Euro games to market. And I'm also really excited to see when they start, uh, you know, signing games themselves that aren't just English prints of other games, but actually bringing games to market themselves that haven't been released anywhere else yet. It seems like they've got good taste for people that like Euro games. So it seems like something they're probably going to be pretty good at, you know? Anyway, so um, let's talk about Kickstarter. Our Kickstarter segment's usually kind of short. We usually talk about one, maybe two games on Kickstarter. This week we've got three, and I think they're all three at least interesting. Um, The first one is something I'm really excited about. A couple of years ago... Uh, Rado from Rado runs through, he did a run through and a review of a game called dogs. And this game was only available in Brazil. Hard to get your hands on. He just happened to get it sent to him. And I just thought, what a cool game. So this game is about being a dog catcher and having to catch dogs. There's no euthanasia in Brazil, apparently. So you, you don't have to worry about that. Um, and you're giving medical attention to dogs, making sure they get fed, just really like taking care of the dogs in this town. I'm um, trying to get them safe safe and happy and healthy and I'm a, I'm a I'm a big dog lover so the theme of that just really got me a cool little nice family weight euro game with such a cool theme but impossible to get looking through Kickstarter the other day randomly stumble across it looks to just be a guy it might be a company but I couldn't find a company involved I think it's just some somebody who Partnered with this company and is going to be bringing it to the U.S. It's on Kickstarter as Dogs Board Game. Uh, Like I said, originally released in Brazil in 2013, it sold out of three printings in Brazil. This is an English language translation with enhancements to the components and a revised two-player variant. So. Uh, apparently, the two-player uh, game has gotten some uh, enhancements as well. It's almost funded. Actually, I wrote this yesterday. I said almost funded. I got an update on it today that said it actually is funded. So it's funded with. Um, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, 21 days to go. So you've got a few weeks to get in on it. The game is um, only $29. I mean, I love a Kickstarter when I see the price and it's $29. I I think it was 36 maybe or maybe 39 I think the shipping was 10 dollars actually so 39 after tax that's still a good price for a board game actually the only other options are 100 dollar options and if I had a spare 100 dollars laying around that I just felt like throwing at this I would absolutely do it I've got one dog at home that I uh or I'm a you know I'm a like I said I'm a big dog person so if I could do this with my dog's name I would there's 100 dollar options to have one of the dogs in the game named after your dog. So if you have a Yorkie at home, like I do, you would choose the hundred dollar option that says have one of seven Yorkies in the game named after your Yorkie. So that's really cool. If you're interested in getting your dog's name, or I guess any name you want as one of the dogs in this game, there's all different sorts of breeds down to um, mixed breeds as well. Um, there's a hundred dollar options for that as well, but $29, $10 shipping, um, just for a really cool looking game. Go watch some reviews about it. It looks awesome. I'm really excited about it. And I'll say, I don't kickstart a lot of games and I kickstarted this one. I didn't even really think about it. It's just, it almost seems like, it almost seems like a game that might not get, you know, one of those Kickstarter games that might not get a full, you know, retail run after it's on Kickstarter. So it seems like if it's something you're interested in, it might be good to get in on the Kickstarter. Cool theme, nice family weight game. Going to be awesome for families to play about about something just really cool. Really excited about that. Look up Dogs board game on Kickstarter. The next thing is Munchkin Shakespeare from Steve Jackson Games. $130,000 funded of a $30,000 goal with 24 days to go. Um, this is the first Munchkin Kickstarter. Steve Jackson Games has done a few Kickstarters. I believe this is their fifth, but it's always been for kind of their ancillary stuff, ogre-related stuff, their big infamous ogre project with that gigantic box with a billion stretch goals uh, from quite a few years ago, uh, some ogre miniatures, and then some Car Wars-related stuff. But this is the first one of their like main line of games that they've done a Kickstarter for, and it's, just, it's interesting to see a... A company as successful as Steve Jackson Games going the Kickstarter route. I've never been bothered by that. I think if you want to use Kickstarter, use Kickstarter. That's just me personally. Some people don't like when successful companies that can afford to have a game printed use Kickstarter. It's almost using it as a a pre-order system, but I think... I think go for it, but it's just interesting that they've decided to do it. So it's a Shakespeare-themed version of Munchkin, just like all the other themed versions of Munchkin out there. So uh, the last thing is called Treasure Decks for 5th Edition. This is funded with options for one, four, or all five of the decks available. The decks are going to range from beginner to the highest level players. And uh, what these are... Is there are decks of cards that are going to help you determine treasure drops, loot drops, when you're playing Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. So, if uh, I kill a certain monster or a certain uh, bad guy in Dungeons and Dragons, I might uh, the dungeon master might draw draw one of these cards, and what you do is it's got three options. You roll a D12 and say you get one through six. Uh, you're going to get this uh, the least amount of treasure on there. And then if you get um, 7 through 11, you're going to get better. And then if you roll a 12, you're going to get the best treasure available. And it's just a way to kind of generate treasure. Uh, it it kind of tells about the treasure thematically. Like you find a pair of boots with wings on the ankles. Like it tells it almost in story terms. And then it says winged boots. And I think it might even tell you the page number that it's on in the monster manual or in the player's guide or wherever it is. But uh, really cool. If you play a lot of 5th edition, it's just a good way to uh, do some randomized treasure. So go check that out. Treasure Decks for 5th edition. So, uh, guys, I did play a lot of games this week. We were originally going to talk about Orleans from Tasty Minstrel Games. Not going to be talking about that today. We'll be covering that next week. But I did get a game of Orleans in, and I got to say, I'm a big fan already. We didn't even get a full game in, but, man, it's it's. It's as good as people have said it was. Cool bag-building game where you're throwing different characters into a bag, using them to do certain actions. Really awesome. Really excited to play more Orleans this week. Um, New board game releases and release dates. A lot of good stuff coming out and uh, has come out in the last week. In February, we've got Keyflower re-release from Game Salute and Richard Breeze. Uh, Also in February sometime, They Who Were Eight from Passport. This almost looks like uh, between two cities where you are in control of two different deities. And then the person to your right is helping you with one of those. The person to your left is helping you with the other one. And uh, almost like you're trying to have the best two while... You're hoping that, you know, the person to your right, that the person to their right isn't doing that good so that they don't have the best to. It's, uh, it, I don't know for sure, but it seems a lot like Between Two Cities from Stonemeyer Games. February 22nd, New York Slice from Bézier Games and Jeffrey Allers. Jeffrey Allers, really cool designer. Uh, the, he's the guy who did the uh, uh, Aliyah Iacta Est, um, and I believe this is an auction game. Um, Kingsport Festival, the card game, is out from Passport Game Studios. It's a dice selection game. Uh, It's a card game version of a dice selection game. I'll put it that way. Um, Time Stories Expedition Endurance 1914 from Asmodee. This is uh, another module for Time Stories about an Arctic expedition. Check that out. And the Troyes reprint. reprint, uh, is T-R-O-Y-E-S, from Asmodee. Really excited about this one. This is apparently supposed to be just like... The, a really interesting game with kind of just really clever mechanisms involved that haven't really been seen in a lot of other games. Uh, and Commands and Colors, talking a lot about Commands and Colors today. The sixth expansion for Napoleonics from GMT Games and designer Richard Borg is now out. Uh, and this is a reprint. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Dice Masters, Heroes on Half Shell from WizKids is out. We talked a lot about that earlier. So those are all the games being released and the games that have come out in the last week. We're going to take a quick break, but before we do, I wanted to tell everybody that Game and Movie Traders, located at 2900 West Washington Street, next door to the movie theater here in Stephenville, carries a selection of board and card games, including Magic the Gathering, Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh! and more. They also host groups and tournaments for all of these games, plus Dungeons & Dragons, Warhammer, and more. For more information, they can be reached at 965-GAME or at facebook.com slash Game and Movie Traders Sville. We're going to take a really quick break, and when we come back, we are talking about commands and colors. Going to run down the entire line of games and the commands and colors line. We'll be right back. You can't miss Cruising the Planet. We've got hard hitting questions. How long can the koalas hold food in their stomach? Musical performances. Don't stop, <laughs> make it pop. DJ blow my speakers <laughs> up. Tonight I'm a fight till we see the sunlight. The award winning Cruising the Planet. I'm Who was the idiot it? that gave you that award? You. Every Wednesday from 10 to 12 and Thursdays 4 to 6 on KXTR The Planet. KXTR 100.7 The Planet is proud to announce the opening of Texan Tattoo at 1280 West Washington Street directly across from the Tarleton campus. Texan Tattoo offers Tarleton students and Stephenville residents a variety of services to meet their tattoo or body piercing needs. Artists' work can be found online at Facebook.com slash Texan Tattoo. Walk-ins are welcome and appointments can be made by calling 254-968-0050. I have an army. We have a Hulk. And we've got great music here on 100.7 KXTR The Planet. Watch it. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm Lance McFarlane. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Bags and Boards here on KXTR 100.7 The Planet. Bags and Boards is a weekly board game review and discussion show here on The Planet. And today we're talking about Commands and Colors, one of my favorite game systems of all time actually, as far as systems go, probably my favorite game system there is. I'm a big fan of the Battlecon system from Level 99. Um, if if you want to consider um, Uwe Rosenberg's Farming games, a system, which I guess it kind of is since he's used kind of the same-ish mechanisms. You know, it's just worker placement, essentially. And that might be my favorite. But as far as a system goes where multiple games have been released based around the same mechanisms, but slight variations on those mechanisms, commands and colors is really it for me. There's been a lot of games on the commands and colors line. They're by designer Richard Borg, and they've come out from all types of companies that have been coming out since the year 2000, all the way up until there's going to be one uh, version released this year, and uh, we've already got one planned for coming out in early 2018. So continuing on strong, there's a big gap also that we'll get into. So Richard Borg's Commands and Colors is a simplified two-player war game system, which at its core uses command cards and battle dice and has a board that is split into three sections. So command cards include section cards that allow you to order units in one or more of those sections and tactics cards, which give uh, various special attacks. So those are going to be your command cards. Uh, Various commands and colors games have added other features to the games, which we'll get into. And each game will come with a series of units, including basic units, leaders, large units, cavalry, etc., all kinds of different units. Depending on which game you're playing and a game will consist of rules for each unit and new terrain types added into the game It will include a certain number of scenarios covering the war being covered in the game Or various battles and campaigns from the time period being focused on in the game So a lot of cool stuff going on in commands and colors We're going to talk about all of the games that have come out in the line And the reason we wanted to do this is just to kind of tell you what it's like what you can expect from each one of these different games I've played a good bit of them. I haven't played all of them, but I know a decent amount about them. But I kind of want people to you know, see if you're interested based on what we talk about today. And then after that, I just kind of want you to see, Hey, if I am interested, uh, what weight of game am I looking for? They're all pretty simplified war games. I mean, none of these are going to be big, heavy war games that you think of when you hear war game, they're all going to be very easy to get into, but some of them might have some barriers to entry for one reason or the other or another. Um, or you might just be interested in a certain war. If you're a big World War II fan, Memoir 44 might just be the way to go. If you're a big fan of ancient ancient warfare, then ancients might be the way to go. But uh, we're going to talk about all of them. See what you think. See if you're interested in any of them. And um, shoot us uh, shoot us a, mes- a message over at Bags and Boards TX on Twitter. Uh, if you have any other questions based on commands and colors that we could answer for you, we're also at facebook.com Bags and Boards and Bags and Boards TX at gmail.com. Let us know if you have any questions about any of these games. So let's get into it. So the first game released in the command Commands and Colors line is Battle Cry, released in the year 2000 from Avalon Hill, which is part of Hasbro. This game covered the Civil War and used the system that would eventually become the Commands and Colors system. This is the version of Battle Cry that I have. I don't have the version that we'll talk about here in a little bit. I, uh, I've played this one. Um, I haven't played a full game of it. It's not my favorite of the Commands and Colors games. It is definitely a Early on, and I like the stuff that's been added in since then. So uh, Battle Cry is just um, good to talk about because it kind of started us on this path, right? Uh, the next game that came out is Memoir 44, released four years later in 2004 from Days of Wonder. And what we all know about Days of Wonder is that they care a lot about component quality. So Days of Wonder was going to release a really, you know, high quality version of Commands and Colors. Um, This game covered World War II. So Memoir 44 has had more than 20 expansions, including Overlord, which combines boards to play up to eight players, um, and expansions covering battles and other themes more in-depth. The most recent expansion is the Battles of Kalkan Gol. Uh, Last year's expansion scenarios were available online for free. So they've done all kinds of stuff from bigger expansions to smaller expansions to even uh, stuff like the thing that came out uh, it might have actually been two years ago. But that, you know, you could go to Days of Wonders website and just download scenarios It use the pieces already in the game and you're just downloading free scenarios. That's what is so cool about commands and colors. You know, uh, when you get the game, you're going to have um, two people playing on either side of the table, taking on one of two forces. And, you know, this, you know, say in ancients, you know, these pieces that I have might represent the Romans or they might represent barbarians, whatever the scenario calls for them to represent, that's what they represent. Um, And we're going to be fighting back and forth, trying to uh, take control of certain areas of the board, run operations. But, you know, the thing about commands and colors that makes it pretty interesting is um, your, your opponent does know what units you have and where they're at other than other block war games, you know, have a blank side that your opponent sees. So it creates a fog of war there. The way this creates the fog of war is just that I've got a hand of cards. You don't know what units I'm going to order, but that's the really the fun part of the game. I'm not a huge fan of luck in games, But I do like the card system and even the dice in this game, but some of my favorite versions of this game allow you to roll even more dice, and we'll get into that a little later. So just know, at its core, Commands and Colors is a a simple war game system that really took war games and said, how can we make this fun? Because Commands and Colors is definitely Fun. Some of the other war games, I have a great time playing them, but I wouldn't say that they're just outright fun games to play. They're really interesting or strategic or give you other feelings of gameplay, but this is Commands and Colors is just the most fun war game system that I've played myself. So the next game that came out in two thousand six was Commands and Colors Ancients. And Commands and Colors Ancients is definitely um you know, depending on what day is either my favorite, second favorite, or tied for my favorite version of Commands and Colors. It's from GMT Games and was released in 2006. And it covers ancient warfare from 3000 BC to the year 480. So the interesting thing to note about the Commands and color system is that you're going to be getting various things. In Memoir 44, Which I played Memoir 44. Memoir 44 is probably the lightest version of Commands and Colors that there is. So if you're looking to really get in on the ground floor, uh, Memoir 44 is probably the easiest to get into like i said it's world war ii combat but it includes smaller little miniatures that just come straight out of the box no putting them together no anything like that but what Commands Colors ancients is going to do different is that it's going to include blocks you might think that miniatures are better than blocks but for me i'll take the blocks of ancients over the minute smaller miniatures any day i just really it just works somehow i love block war games and the way this does blocks for a simple war game is really cool um your units are going to be pictured on the blocks and you're going to move say a unit of four blocks every time you move that unit so this was released in 2006 uh it covers ancient warfare it's had six expansions covering everything from greece and the roman civil wars all the way to barbarians and commands and colors ancients is uh is a great great game i've got every single expansion released for commands of colors ancients i played the first few and i As much as I've played the games, I don't know how I will ever get through every single scenario in these games. My favorite thing about playing Commands and Colors is that you sit down, you get out all the pieces, you pick a random scenario, or you can play straight through and try to play all of them from one particular game, and you go for it. You know, the really only negative kind of barrier to entry for Ancients is that you're going to have to sticker the blocks. So You've got some of these games where you open the box and you just go. You've got some where you're going to be putting miniatures together, and you've got some where you're going to be stickering blocks. So if you're looking to try this out in its most simple terms of just getting the stuff, opening the box, going for it with the most simple rules, I'd say Memoir 44 is probably going to be the way to go. But if you don't mind stickering, honestly, a lot of blocks, then... um, Ancients. Ancients is a really good direction to go in. I really ancient warfare is really interesting to me. um, And this really is one of my favorites. The next one that came out is Battle Lore. So Battle Lore was released in 2006 by Fantasy Flight, and it featured historic medieval scenarios supplemented with fantasy creatures among the ranks for British and French soldiers. So this one, uh, we'll talk about the second edition later. This one isn't talked about much anymore because the second edition just was a clear improvement over the first edition and said, oh, people were expecting fantasy creature battles out of this. Where this one is really like, you know, more medieval with some fantasy creatures so we'll get into second edition here in a little bit of uh, the battle Lore first edition unless you're just a diehard commands and colors collector you're probably not going to ever come across the first edition of battle Lore. the next thing is commands and colors napoleonics which i have not played myself but i think it's fairly similar to ancients it's also from gmt games also going to be a block game that you're going to have to sticker released in 2010 from gmt it allowed you to fight out the battles between the french and british during the Napoleonic era. So, uh, Napoleonics, I mean, really, if you're going for one of the two GMT games, you just need to decide, am I more interested in the Napoleonic era or am I more interested in Ancient Warfare? Make your choice and go from there. Watch some reviews of them. Um, I've done a review of Ancients and I think the first two expansions, so go check those out at soundcloud.com slash bags and boards. But that's Napoleonic. So, the next thing we'll talk about is a reprint of the original... Commands and Colors game Battle Cry, the 150th Civil War Anniversary Edition, released in 2011, also from Avalon Hill Hasbro. Uh, it featured updated cards, updated rules, artwork, and included 30 scenarios compared to the original 15. And this is the version that, if you're a Civil War buff and you are thinking this game sounds like it could be for you, this is the version you want to look for. Look for the 150th Civil War Anniversary Edition of Battlecry. So it's also going to include just miniatures you don't have to put together. Also, not that difficult to get into, just like Memoir 44. But now, after that, that was 2011 and 2012, we're going to see what on any given day could potentially be my favorite, and probably, honestly, Over Ancients is my absolute favorite. The unfortunate thing about this game is the really large barrier to entry. This one probably has the biggest barrier barring people from wanting to get into this game. I've seen the least amount of reviews of this game than any other Commands and Colors game. We've got a review of the base game and the expansion up on our SoundCloud page. SoundCloud.com slash bags and boards. Go check it out. Or you can Google Samurai Battles review where the we're on the first page of results on Google. Like I said, there haven't been a lot of reviews of this game and it's pretty random. It's definitely one of the more interesting releases in this line. So Samurai Battles was published in 2012 by Zvezda Games, which is a Russian board game company. Um, it's uh, they have a U.S. division, but it was released by, you know, a Russian company through their U.S. division. Um, the. The owner of that company, his name was Konstantin Krivenko, Um, he's since passed away, but he had a war game system called Art of Tactic. So when you open Samurai Battles, you're going to uh, get all the pieces for the game, and you're going to, with those pieces, be able to play both Commands and Colors, Samurai Battles, And you're going to be able to play Art of Tactic Samurai Battles. So really, it's kind of the most value for your dollar because you get two complete war game systems out of this one box. I have 100% never played Art of Tactic. I don't really have all that much interest in playing Art of Tactic. It might be great. I just really genuinely don't know. I've never tried it. But Samurai Battles is my absolute, probably, probably my favorite commands and colors game. It introduced things That the previous games hadn't seen and even some of the games since then haven't really done. It introduced these cards called Dragon Cards, which aside from your command cards, would allow you to do special things. It would say something like, play this when your opponent commands a unit. And it would give you, you know, special attacks that you could do, which really upped the strategy of the game for me and just made it even more fun. It also introduced these things called honor and fortune tokens, which you would get for doing certain things. And you could spin those to do certain things. So it added just some more actual mechanisms to the game, which hadn't really been added. I mean, you'd had different units and different terrain and things changing the game a little bit here and there, but adding complete new mechanisms to the game hadn't really been done. And honor and fortune and the dragon cards are really great. One of my favorite things, this is what I was talking about earlier, is that honor and fortune tokens, uh, they would allow you to roll more dice. So you've got dragon cards adding to the strategy, uh, honor and fortune adding to the luck of the game, and it just made it a lot more fun. They would uh, allow you to roll more dice. So, I mean, you know, in these games, sometimes you're only rolling two, three dice. I mean, you could sometimes roll six dice. You know, the games can go a lot faster because you're rolling a lot more dice, but they do tend to be a lot more just just faster pace, more in-your-face style of games than the other Commands and Colors games. And the, like I said, the one big barrier to entry here is going to be sprues. When you open the box, you're going to see a ton of different pieces of miniatures on sprues. You're going to have to cut them out You're going to have to shave off the pieces like you do with these miniatures. Then you're going to have to put them together, potentially gluing them. It's going to take a long time and a lot of effort and work to get yourself to where you're ready to play the game. It's unfortunate because this is my favorite. I wish they had gone back and released a version of the game that was, you know, pre-put together miniatures, but they didn't. Uh, The expansion Ninja Attack is really awesome also. It adds a lot of really cool units to the game. There's also a lot of extra units that are sold by themselves that I've never gotten to play with. You can buy them on Zvezda's website. The game doesn't seem to be being supported anymore. Uh... I think with the death of the owner of that company that uh, they kind of they're still around, but they're not really doing a lot. They do a lot of um, miniatures like they make a lot of scale miniatures that aren't necessarily made just for war games. They just do war miniatures. But um, it's a great game. If you are the kind of person that likes to put together miniatures or that doesn't sound like something that would bother you that much. I mean, it can be kind of a nice thing to do if you can really get in the zone and do it. Check this one out. It's absolutely great. Go watch a couple of reviews. Um, I will say, out of all the ge- versions of this game with miniatures, they're the best-looking miniatures because, you know, they're they're real, true miniatures. Um, great, great game. Samurai Battles. I'll say it right now. My absolute favorite in this entire series. So then we have, in 2013, Battle Lore 2nd Edition. This is what I was talking about, also from Fantasy Flight Games. This is an updated version of the game that is entirely fantasy-based in a fantasy world, the, the popular fantasy world that uh, a lot of the games from Fantasy Flight are based in, with uh, with new rules. There's a there's a digital version of a lot of these games. Go check those out if you're interested, if you want to get a taste of them. I know The Great War has a digital version. GMT's releasing some digital versions. Battle Lore has it. Um, uh, people love battle lore. I've never played it. It comes with miniatures. It's fantasy based. It's the only one that's not based on a real war. I know there's a sci-fi one coming out in the next few years, but, um, it's really cool. If you like fantasy, Lord of the Rings-style high fantasy, this might be the one for you. Battle Lore 2nd Edition. So before we get to the more recent games in the series, we're going to take a quick break. And before we do, uh, I wanted to let everyone know that Circle A Skate Shop is located inside of Game and Movie Traders in Stevenville, next door to the movie theater. They offer skateboards and longboards and carry accessories, including trucks, wheels, skate videos, and more. Information at 965-GAME or by searching Circle A Skate Shop Stevenville on facebook we're going to take a really quick break when we come back we'll run down the more recent releases in the commands and colors line and future releases in the series as well and we will be right back listen up all you fashionistas tarleton is now offering a new minor in fashion classes include fabric fundamentals fashion industry apparel development fashion history and fashion forecasting this new minor is open to all majors and there are no prerequisites for questions, contact Dr. Blaylock at KBLAYLOCK at Tarleton.edu. Bringing you all the latest rock hits, KXTR 100.7 The Planet everybody. Welcome back to the show. Time to talk more about commands and colors from designer Richard Borg. We've gotten through most of the past releases all the way up to battle Lore, second edition now time to talk about world war one so so far we've covered the civil war we've covered world war ii we've covered ancient warfare we've covered fantasy warfare napoleonics and uh ancient samurai warfare and now it's time to talk about world war one with uh the game that came out a couple of years ago called the great war released in 2015 by a brand new company P.S.C., the Plastic Soldier Company. This was their first board game that they released, and it included miniatures on sprues, but they were mostly fully assembled with a couple of units needing some assembly. But while you had to cut them out, and that's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world, uh, especially if you're way detail-oriented, when I cut them out, I don't worry that much about shaving them down. If, uh, you know, these miniatures, if you're a a miniature snob, which is okay, um, they were kind of brittle. And, you know, the tips of the guns would break off if you weren't really careful. And I'm not really careful about things like that. But that stuff doesn't really bother me all that much. I don't mind if a few guns are missing on the miniatures. I'm more worried about the gameplay myself. But The Great War was their first board game. Um, The units were... uh, All different kinds of units, but this was focused a lot on trench warfare, which is pretty cool. It includes combat cards, which are similar to the dragon cards from Samurai Battles, which is great. And it also adds newer features to the game, including rules for terrain that include wire, craters, trenches, rubble, bridges and damage bridges. And what the really cool brand new thing they added was offboard artillery. So offboard artillery included a targeting hex. You would put this hex onto a square with uh, enemies units on it. It would take out those units or you would roll dice for those units and you would roll this extra die to see uh, which uh, hexes around that targeting hex that it would hit. So it would have kind of this blast radius to it, also, which was really fun. The offboard artillery in this game is really great. It's since had an expansion called Tanks, which comes with fully painted, not painted, fully put together miniatures um, that don't need to be cut out. There's six tanks for the British and German troops, new terrain, tank crew miniatures, uh, and tank combat based scenarios and rules for onboard artillery. So that game's a lot of fun. I've got that game. i played it a few times. Another one of my favorites in this line. A lot, a lot of fun. I think PSC did a great job. They were also supposed to release the next game that's coming out this July called the American Revolution. Commands and Colors Tricorn, the American Revolution. They're not going to be releasing that. Instead, it'll be coming from Compass Games. It's going to be a block game, just like the ones from GMT. It's going to include a combat card deck that's uh, different for each force. so kind of taking that... Dragon card, combat card thing, but making them specific decks for each uh, each of the different armies, which is a pretty cool idea, right? Uh, there's already an expansion plan featuring the French uh, army and the Battle of Brandywine, which is awesome. So really excited about that one. You can pre-order it. It's pretty pricey, but it's on Compass Games' website, and I'm definitely grabbing that. And then early 2018, G- back to GMT, they're going to be releasing Commands and Colors Medieval. Uh, it's going to be a block game, of course, and will feature some advanced features to to past Commands and Colors games. Uh, It'll include the Byzantine Empire, Persian forces, uh, later Moorish forces, and expansions planned coming out at a later date. That'll cover more territory, more battles. Uh, There's images of the game. They seem to show tokens, which might be similar to Honor and Fortune. I don't know, uh, from Samurai Battles. I hope they are. Uh, I, I love it that the complexity of these games keeps raising, that they're adding new cool things. I hope I've given you a good overview of the Commands and Colors line. There's a lot of options. Like I said, get with us on Twitter, get with us on Facebook, email us. We're at bags and boards, TX, facebook.com slash bags and boards. If you have any questions, I'm going to make some suggestions. If you want the lowest, lowest barrier to entry, Memoir 44 is a way to go. Get into the system. It's got tons of expansions. It's easy to get into, pull the stuff right out of the box and just go for it. But if you, if you, If you're an experienced gamer and you want some more complexity, I think Ancients is the way to go. Or if you don't mind the miniatures, maybe samurai battles, The Great War is also awesome. So make your choice. I hope I've given you just some good basic information. We're going to do this sort of thing with a few different gaming systems, kind of run down all the games in those systems. And I hope we've given you a, a good lead to what might be your first or next commands and colors game. Bags and boards coming to an end for another week. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. No review this week, but we talked about a lot of cool games. I love Commands of Color so much, and I hope everybody, uh, I hope everyone found it interesting, and I hope you, I hope you were interested enough to go out Try out a Commands and Colors game. At least go look up some more information about them. We'll be back next week. We're talking about Orleans from Tasty Minstrel Games next week. And before we go, uh, Bags and Boards is brought to you by Game & Movie Traders, located at 2900 West Washington Street, Suite 60, next door to the movie theater. Game & Movie Traders does buy, sell, and trade for both new and used video games. They offer both new and classic video games for all systems. Information can be found at 965-GAME or at facebook.com slash Movie S. We'll see everybody next week, where we'll be talking about Orleans from Tasty Mensual Games. And until then, we'll see you later.